Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium. With your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Huynh. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Our show is all about dynamic family leadership and leaving a profound legacy for our children. We want to help families learn, act, and implement strategies to become financially free with topics ranging from debt elimination, student loans, credit, cash flow, investment, to money mindset and financial literacy. Your next step is to book an appointment with me to see how I can help you cash flow through our turnkey real estate investing program. Turnkey means we do it all. We acquire, renovate, and manage for you. All you do is purchase and prosper. All our properties are between seventy-five and two hundred thousand, and we'll cash flow now. Our website is at integrativemindwithans.com. So go there to book a strategy session with me. Order my latest book called True Legacy Wealth, Creating Generational Wealth Through Real Estate Investing, and or schedule a time for me to speak at your organization events or show. Now, our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and syndicated on RethinkRadio.org, OneIdeaAway.com, and Armed Radio. Our guest today wants to help people grow their wealth in ways that are safe and predictable, become their own source of financing, and create tax-free income in retirement. He specializes in building custom-tailored financial strategies that are unknown to typical stock jockeys, attorneys, or other financial gurus. He is a certified financial planner, a two-time number one best-selling author, and the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services, which is a financial firm in Chicago, Illinois. Over the years, he's helped hundreds of his clients take back control of their financial future and build their business with proven tax-efficient financial solutions. Now, after graduating with with six figures of student loan debt and discovering a way to turn his debt into real wealth as he watched everybody lose their retirement savings and home equity in that 2008 crash, he knew that he needed to find a more predictable way to meet his financial objectives and those of his clients. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Mark Willis. Hi, Mark. Hey, Jacqueline. Glad to be with you today. Thank you for being here. Today, we're actually going to do two episodes. Our first episode today is going to be about how to become your own source of financing. And then we're going to continue. It's going to go to next week. And he's going to talk about how parents can pay for college without going broke and sleep at night. So thank you so much for being in the show and sharing this wealth of information. I have a little three-year-old at home, so I'm already waiting with bated breath what we're going to talk about next episode. I think it should be fun. It should be. College is not cheap. No, not anymore, at least. (laughs) At least at one time it was (laughs) affordable, right? Most of us can uh, at least go to college and graduate without being in debt. Yeah. I know you're a co-host for a podcast called Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Real quick, sum sum up what it's about so that the listeners can also uh, benefit from that. What's the, uh, there's a quote, something like uh, five per- 5% of the population thinks, another 5% think that they think, 
and the remaining 90% would rather die than think. I think I have to think about that. <laughs> yeah. So do the math on that. But here's the key phrase, you know, are you a thinker? Are you willing and able to think? It's so hard to think. I think we've been given uh, a, a ready flow or stream of opinions uh, that, you know, whether it's the evening news or Wall Street or any other number of kind of uh, financial priests in our land today, they're ready to give you what you should be thinking. But uh, we try in our show, and I, I know on yours as well, to help people think. It's a really awesome freeing experience when you sit down and say, well, you know, what is it my money is doing when it goes into a 401k or a 529 plan for college or real estate? You know, what is it that I want my money to do for me? That's a key question that I don't think many people are asking because they're just simply doing what they're told. Their employer says, hey, here's your 401k, put the money in there. They're saying, hey, invest in the long term for the stock market. Don't look don't look at it when it crashes, just invest in the long term. So we're just trying on our show, the Not Your Average Financial Podcast, to get people a chance to think different about their money, their economy, and their future. Yeah, I, being more conscious, because like you said, it's all a habit for us. We just do what they say. We don't even understand if it works. Mm -hmm. And then we get upset when it crashes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and, and we're, we're told, just put more in there. You know, don't look. You know, hopefully it'll rebound. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. We had a, a, I started working in the financial services in the midst of the Great Recession. I was working for a CPA firm. And I remember it was, it was very clear. Uh, she was calling folks with bad news that she had lost her clients, some of them half of their life savings. And many of these folks were in their 60s without a long time really to let the money recover. So she was calling to say, hey, I'm sorry, Mr. Client, but you can't retire like I thought you could. For a lot of folks, that was a wake-up call. For me, it was a big wake-up call as a financial planner to think that I would give my career to something only to let it watch it kind of get vaporized because someone sneezed the wrong way on Wall Street. It just didn't seem fair, not to the clients, right? So for me, it was a wake-up call for sure. What's wrong with the traditional tax-deferred retirement strategy in your opinion? Well, so most tax-deferred strategies are invested in the market and they're also making a presumption about the future of taxes. So there's two key things that I'd say in general are wrong with traditional retirement plans. Um, one is there's no predictability or guarantee that we'll have any money in there. You know, traditional planning is based on things that we can't really predict or control, like, you know, what your investments are going to be worth. Yeah. How long you're going to live? What are tax rates going to be over the next 30 or 40 years? If you really can't tell somebody with absolute certainty or tell yourself, more importantly, what your net worth will be on the day you plan to need it for income, can you really call that a plan? Or is it just gambling? I mean, let's be, let's call it what it is, right? Yeah. And I'm classically trained as a certified financial planner professional. So I'm supposed to be pushing the Wall Street mindset. And yet I don't see it as a real, uh, it's, it's certainly a part of a financial plan, but it shouldn't be the core component or the biggest asset on your balance sheet. That's for sure. Yeah. Today's topic is about how to become your own source of financing. So I'm really excited about it. How can we fire our banker and become our own source of financing? Well, so important. Such a huge question. Uh, so there's an old quote. I think it was uh, Mark Twain who said, a banker is a fellow who will lend you his umbrella when the sun is shining, but wants it back as soon as it starts to rain. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's so true, right? We only yeah. get money from banks when we don't need it. And then yeah. they call our HELOCs or call our loans or slash our credit 
whenever times get tough. They're ready to exit our business right when we need them the most. They're like the most fickle business partner you could imagine. Yeah, it's all for them. Unfortunately, Jacqueline, we're, we're entering a phase in our country's history where we now have about a third of our income, a third, 35% to be precise, according to the U.S. Commerce Bureau, a third of our income is going to service debt. So that means if you make a hundred bucks, 35 bucks is going to just service the interest on the, on the mortgages, the credit cards, the student loans, the car loans. It, it, it's un, almost unbelievable. If, if we converted that to hours in our day, what's a third of our day? Yeah, you know, yeah. if time is money, we're working as slaves for half of our lives. If you include taxes in there. Yeah. So I want to find a way as a financial planner to make the smallest changes that yield the biggest result. You know, I just finished the book uh, by Gary Keller. Have you read it? It's called The One Thing. No, I Great read the, the real estate investing though. Okay. Oh, perfect. Okay. So yeah, you know, the focusing question is what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unimportant or unnecessary. Yeah. So that's, that's a key question in the financial realm as well. What's the one thing I can do with my money? right now, such that by doing it, everything else is easier or unnecessary. And that's a key question, I'd say. You know, I believe that banking is a function that we all have the ability to participate in. So we're already in the banking business. Uh, whether we realize it or not, we're already functioning as a part of the banking uh, complex or industry, you might say. We're just sitting on the wrong side of the banker's desk. One of the key strategies we employ with our clients is to help them become their own source of financing. To bank on yourself means to fire your banker and recapture all that money that you would have been sending to mortgages, student loans, credit cards. I believe that has the power and the potential to be more important to your financial well-being, your sanity, then what rate of return you got in your mutual fund last year. I agree with that, especially when you also factor in inflation, which is another 3% right. every year. So in 10 years, you're looking at half of your money almost mm -hmm. gone there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, so we talked about debt. The average American spends about 35% of their income on debt. They're only saving, according to the same U.S. Commerce Bureau, about 5% of their income. That's Total, in total. Wow. That's including their emergency fund, their medical emergency fund, retirement, the kid's college fund, the flat tire fund. I mean, is 5% really going to get us all the way there to meet all of our needs? Of course not. No. That's, so we're relying on the banks to do banking for us. It hasn't always been that way. We really believe in banking on ourselves to help folks recapture, reclaim that banking function in their life. And there's some specific strategies we help folks do to not only pay for things without going into debt, but becoming better than debt-free. You know, what's better than debt-free? It's being the bank, literally becoming your own source of financing. So that's what we help folks do. What's the way to start doing that? Because obviously I can't lend myself money. Yeah. Well, it's, it's tricky, right? Because, you know, uh, to open up a bank, an FDIC and FDIC insured bank, like the ones we know about, you know, on the averages, take about $10 million in capital just to open your doors to be the smallest credit union in town. So how could you become a bank without that much capital ready to go into your, to your vault, so to speak? Uh, and if you've ever read the book, um, David Graeber wrote a great book called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. <laughs> that kind of tells you a little bit about how profitable banks are. They're one of the oldest industries in, the, in human history. 
And they're also one of the most profitable industries. That's why banks are the biggest buildings in town. So if you can become a bank like the ones you see on the street corner, that's great. But if you don't have just 10 million bucks laying around to open up a bank or, or more, and 10 years or so to wait for a charter, a bank charter, you can do it with any amount of capital, but it does take saving. Uh, so I guess, Jacqueline, I'll mention that. We're still working in the financial realities of the universe where you have to save. You have to be living within your means, making smart investment and financial decisions. Uh, and you know, if you put your money into certain financial vehicles, it might help or it might hurt, your in, hurt you on your journey to becoming your own banker. Here's what I mean. Let's say that you decide to put your money into a 401k. Well, that's a place your money can go to live. And what happens to your money when it goes into a 401k? Well, it gets locked up. No control. 10, 20, 30. Yep, correct. No control. There's going to be an investment fee uh, for the advisor who's managing it or the institution that holds those funds. You know, TD Ameritrade and Fidelity and those guys aren't doing it for charity. Uh, so there's fees coming out of that thing every year. You have to wait until you're 59 and a half years old to use the cash again or you get penal penalized and slapped with taxes. Uh, and again, there's no guarantee that the money's going to be there when you go to look for it. So 401ks do something different than say a savings account or a CD, but where's the right place for our money to live? And that's one of the first questions a lot of our clients bring to us. Hey, you know, there's 450 financial products out there. Uh, according to my research, when I was going through my CFP training, 450 financial products you know, so you could combine real estate, which is one financial product with, you know, a HELOC or a savings account or some other product. And now you've got millions of ways to combine those financial products, 400 plus products together. Uh, what's the right strategy, not just some product off a shelf, but what's the right strategy to make that money do what we want it to do? And that's really where most of our conversations begin with our clients. I mean, for me, I believe real estate. What did Mark Twain say? They're by land, they're not making it anymore. Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I come from is buy real estate. I know that's one model or strategy that you have. Tell me about what real estate yields and what are the risks in it as opposed to the 401k that you just talked about. Yeah. Well, there's definitely some power in investing in real estate. I mean, the steady stream of income that you can receive, it's usually less volatile than the stock market, which is what usually 401ks are invested in. Oftentimes you can get some significant tax advantages uh, in real estate, for example. Uh, but then, you know, we have to admit that there's some shortcomings on real estate as well. I mean, according to your, your question about appreciation, uh, the Case-Shiller Index reports that growth on real estate is only about 1% above inflation per year. Uh, it can also cost a lot, right? To buy, sell, or maintain your real estate. You're not going to always have a tenant in that real estate. So you might have a couple of months or years where you're not getting cash flow, but the bank is still going to ask for their mortgage payment. So uh, it's important to remember that with real estate, the property is only worth what someone's willing to pay you for it. Until then, all you have is paper profits on a, on a Zillow estimate, right? Right. Uh, so what can we do in conjunction with real estate to use the best parts of real estate and at the same time minimize its downsides? And that's where I think, you know, it's sort of like nitro and glycerin. You know, when you put those two together, they create something pretty powerful, but yeah. uh, separated, they're cool. But when you put them together, boom, you got something really cool that you can work with. From my experience, one of the most interesting ways you can use uh, financial vehicles to, to help you in your efforts with real estate 
uh, is using a very old fashioned whole life contract. Uh, so I'll, I'll go into this a little bit, but uh, we're looking at a very old fashioned insurance contract to partner up and couple up with other financial projects you might have going on, like real estate investing. A whole life contract does some really interesting things, Jacqueline. One, you know, it builds cash value that you can use while you're alive. So that's a pretty fun time to spend money, in my opinion. It's yeah. better than after you're alive, I guess. But the whole life insurance contract that's designed correctly, we call it a bank on yourself type policy, accelerates how much cash you have day one, month one. Usually it means 40 times more cash than the old-fashioned whole life that Dave Ramsey talks about on his radio shows. So these categorically different whole life policies grow guaranteed every single year, no matter what real estate is doing, no matter what stock market is doing. It's guaranteed to give you more cash this year than you had last year. And that cash is available to you at any point in time for any reason. So I could use it to go send my kid to college, which we might talk about next episode. But we could also use it to invest in real estate, we'll pay off a credit card bill, or go on a vacation. There's no, you know, unlike a self-directed IRA, for example, there's no prohibited transactions. I could use it to fix up my kitchen with that cash. Uh, so that's the, I guess, the key elements here is it's a liquid pool of guaranteed capital that I can use even if banks stop lending. So it's sort of index kind of like where it doesn't go down? Yes, correct. Yeah. So it's it's really just built on the actuarial assumptions. Sorry for the nerdy terms here, but it's built on the actuarial assumptions of the life insurance company. So, you know, kind of like if you have a 30-year mortgage in 30 years, guaranteed your your house will be paid off if you pay the mortgage payments. With the whole life policy, guaranteed, it's guaranteed to grow on a predictable schedule. And you get that schedule in the contract. So like the insurance company is on the hook to give you those guaranteed annual cash value increases every single year, no matter what the market's doing. Even if the, even if the S&P 500 index goes negative, you're still getting positive growth every single year. Okay. So it, it won't go down. So it's, Correct. Okay. It sounds like what you're saying is diversifying, right? So some in this whole life that you're talking about, some in real estate, even in real estate, I think it should be very horizontal. I wouldn't suggest ha having all your real estate holding in one building or one city either. And we right. found that out with the 2008 market. Yeah, exactly right. You you want to combine things together. It's not about, it's, I sometimes tell folks, if I, if I had the choice, if I had a genie that said, Hey, Mark, I can either give you uh, Tiger Woods golf clubs or Tiger Woods golf swing. Which one do you want? Well, I take the swing, right? The clubs don't matter. It's not the, 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 it's not the particular real estate uh, uh, product or the whole life insurance product. It's the strategy. It's the skill set. It's the mindset that comes with those things. And I do think that concentrating your wealth into things that you can understand and control is better than diversification in the traditional sense of the word there. You know, Warren Buffett said, uh, diversification is insurance against ignorance. Uh, well, if you understand what you're investing in, if you understand your real estate, then uh, you can concentrate your wealth uh, and do some pretty cool things with it. Uh, that said, you want to have something that can protect your downside if the 2008 market happens all over again. A lot of our clients do have real estate in their portfolio and use their life insurance as the funds that they use to buy those real estate deals. Yeah. Why is, you know, why is that? Well, the policy is there guaranteed to grow even when you borrow against it to buy your real estate, let's say. So now it's, a, it's not an either or. It's not real estate or life insurance. Right. It's 
both real estate and this high cash value, low commissions, guaranteed to grow for us every year, life insurance policy. They work hand in hand, kind of like nitro and glycerin. The one thing that a lot of people ask is, it's great if you start when you're in your 20s, maybe even your 30s, but if you're in your 50s and you're looking at retiring in 5, 10, 15 years, how is this going to work? Yeah, it's a smart question. So a lot of our clients on average, um, well, you know, we've got folks as uh, in their 80s, we've got folks in their 20s just starting policies. Again, it's all about how you think. So the and what the advisor knows when he or she set up the policy. If the policy was designed for the expensive death benefit, then yes, it's going to be out of reach to really accumulate a lot of wealth inside the whole life policy if you're 60 some odd years old and it was designed the old fashioned way for the death benefit. What we typically design our, for our clients, and everyone's different, but for most of our clients, even if you're in your 60s, 70s, um, you can start a policy and accumulate significant wealth. We're talking about turbocharging the cash value of the policy and minimizing how much is going toward the expensive death benefit. Um, typically, Jacqueline, that means cutting the commissions by about 70%, 50 to 70% for most advisors. My honest opinion is that's probably why most folks haven't heard their advisor talk about this before, um, if you get what I mean there. And you know, if we have someone who's in their 50s or 60s or even 70s, as long as they would like to own the policy, they could put the policy, insure the policy on their spouse or kids or grandkids too. So there's lots of ways to make it work. If you like the idea, you really just need to run the numbers to see if it works in your favor. Our goal is to be able to have money and not worry about if we're going to have enough, if we're going to die before it runs out. Mm -hmm. I know for me, I want to make sure that my kids can benefit too. It's not just about me. I don't want them to have to start over. Right. Well, real estate is great for that. Uh, and I would also contend that life insurance has a part to play there too, right? Yeah. So right. you can pass on your real estate. Uh, and if you're really successful in your real estate, you can pass that on to your kids someday uh, with some amazing tax advantages, step up in basis and that sort of thing. Right. Life insurance, even these whole life policies still have a massive death benefit that you'll leave your kids someday income tax free. So it's a great coupling um, that, you know, maybe they don't want all the houses and all the headaches, but maybe they'll just take some cash. You know, yeah. uh, I, have a, I have several clients who have one son or daughter who's really into the real estate thing. And the other son or daughter is just, just ready to just take some cash. And it's a great way to equalize the gift you give your kids. And then you're also able to use it while you're alive, you're saying. Right. Yeah. It's a tax-free stream of income out of the life insurance policy. Let me say that again. Tax-free access to the cash, both the principal and the gains in the cash value can be accessed much like a Roth IRA is tax-free in retirement, um, but without all the restrictions of a Roth IRA. You know, what's a Roth IRA let us do these days? 6,000 bucks a year to contribute to a Roth IRA? Yeah. You can yeah. put any, a number, any number you want into a life insurance contract as long as you're approved for that number. By the insurance company. You talk about rate of return or rate of income. What's better? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a great point. We talked earlier about how real estate might be doing 1% above inflation, but if you're cash on cash return, if you're, you know, if your income off that, the net income from your tenant is doing fantastic for you, then that's a rate of income that beats any ROI, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and same is true with the typical Wall Street machine would tell you to take, now, I hope your listeners can follow me. I'm going to give a couple of quick numbers. If you had a million bucks in your 401k at retirement, 
what's the safe number that Wall Street would tell you to take out of that 401k without running out of income in retirement? It would shock you. I think most people would say a lot higher, but the real answer is about 3%. So 30 grand is what you can, is basically the millionaire lifestyle. If you're working with a traditional uh, Wall Street based 401k equities and so forth, 30 grand off a million dollars. And that's a taxable income. So maybe pull it down to 20, 22 grand, something like that. That's the millionaire lifestyle. Um, Couple that with real estate now, you know, or these whole life policies in conjunction with those. And now you've got a lot more income that you could pull off the same million dollars if you had it in real estate or or a whole life policy or both. Yep, absolutely. So how can listeners get a hold of you, talk to you, listen to you? Yeah, so it's really, again, start thinking different. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't do your 401k, especially if you get a company match, you know, there might be a good reason to do something there. But, you know, keep listening to uh, shows like Jacqueline's that can get folks thinking different about money. If you'd like to continue this conversation, I'd recommend check out our show. If you want to uh, date me first, you might say. <laughs> um, our show is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. And that's anywhere you find this show, where you can go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. Our main website, if you want to have a conversation with me or one of my colleagues, the best way to get in touch is a website that we uh, have set up. It's called freedomfromwallstreet.com. Freedomfromwallstreet.com uh, is a great way to get in touch with us. We can set up a 15-minute quick Q&A with either me or one of my colleagues. We'd be very happy to discuss this with you and see if either real estate or this bank on yourself concept or both would be a good fit. It's time to have that conversation because they keep saying there's going to be an adjustment. And we're due for something to happen. When they when they call it an adjustment, when they call it a correction, let's let's call it what it is. It's theft. <laughs> it's taking money out of your retirement, right? Yeah. Are you going to wait till someone steals money out of your house or out of your wallet before you do something? Or are you going to protect yourself? You know, if we know winter is coming, like it is going to come here in Chicago. Not so much where you're you are in beautiful and beautiful California, but if we know winter's coming, grab a coat get ready for it and get ready to thrive when it happens. Absolutely. Knowledge is power, but it's not power until you do something about it. Love that. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, It's not knowledge. It's not power until you do something about it. I love that, Jacqueline. Thank you. Okay, listeners, stay tuned for next week. Come back and we can talk about taking your kids to college and not being in debt. So until next time, always be learning, always be growing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. Until next time, have a wonderful week.